Well, good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRNAM for Wednesday, September 27th, 2023. And our top story today, focused ultrasound as a treatment for essential tremor. Joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Dr. Stephen Harward is with Duke Neurosurgery. Steve, great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Uh, I want to talk about the essential tremor. I I know you you and the team at Duke have come up with a a new treatment. We're going to get to that in a minute. But what is an essential tremor? Yeah. So essential tremor, so first of all, it's the most common movement disorder. So it's a disorder of people trying to do physical activity, things that we take for granted every day. And so for people with essential tremor, what it presents as is when they go to try and do something, write their name, grab a cup, or even just put on a shirt, often one, if not both hands will begin to shake at a fairly kind of low frequency, three to five hertz or so. But as you can imagine, it it shakes whenever they're trying to do something. So it's very much we call an action or a postural tremor. This is very different from other tremors. So for example, in Parkinson's disease, people have tremor at rest, where they're sitting there watching TV and their hand is shaking. This is the kind of tremor that really only comes out when you're trying to do something. And therefore, it's really quite disabling because the things that we do all the time, they really struggle with because their hands are just shaking at a fairly high frequency and, and a pretty high amplitude as well. And, and Stephen, how prevalent is this tremor in our population? Does it, is it focused on older adults, younger adults? Can you be of any age and any gender and have this, um, this tremor? Yeah, great question. So when I last checked the numbers, about 10 million Americans are affected by this. So a fairly high number. Um, it is commonly seen in those in their 60s and 70s, but it is definitely not, uh, it is not labeled to, sorry, it's not um, isolated to just that group. Uh, in fact, we see many patients, especially for those where this runs in families. We do know this is hereditary. About 80% of patients have some family history of essential tremor. We have patients who've come in and said, hey, I've had tremors since I was a child. I remember being in the third grade trying to learn to write my name, and I was really struggling to kind of keep that pencil steady on the paper. But we also have patients that come in and say, hey, I've never had tremor until five years ago. I'm now 65. I first started, noted my hand was shaking, and now it's gradually progressed to the point that it's really bothering me. So it's a really a wide mix. Um, I would say most people that are seeing me for surgical therapies are probably in their 60s or 70s because it does take time to get to the point of being like it's bothersome enough to want to consider a surgery for it. Um, but it's definitely not everybody. So it's, it's really all comers, if you will. And in terms of diagnosis, how do you determine whether or not this is essential tremor or if this is something like Parkinson's disease? Do, are there tests that for, for both that you can help eliminate one or the other? Great question. So first with essential tremor, there unfortunately is not a blood test or an imaging test or even like an EEG or electrophysiologic test that we can do to confirm this accurately. Um, A lot of it based off just the clinical judgment of a really good neurologist, a primary care doctor who knows what this looks like and knows how it's different from Parkinson's. Um, And Parkinson's is the one that is most commonly kind of uh, uh, interleaved with essential tremor. That's who common, those are two of the most common tremors that we see in doctor's offices these days. Parkinson's is different because it often presents with that resting tremor like we talked about. 
Um, but also, too, there are some blood. There is actually an imaging test that we can do to confirm Parkinson's. And there's a lot of other features that people with Parkinson's will have that you won't see with the central tremor. So I think for me, the kind of the big moral of that is to really figure this out. You want to partner with uh, really your, your either your primary care physician or a neurologist who is specialized in movement disorder, somebody who can help distinguish those two. Uh, because how we treat them medically as well as surgically is quite different. And getting that diagnosis right from the get-go is important. And sometimes people can actually have a little bit of both. Uh, and that's important for us to know in advance as we start to think about how to treat this. And Stephen, I want to go to, I want to pick up the treatment in the second half. But let me ask you just in general, is this something that is covered generally by health insurance? So people on Medicare, Medicaid, maybe if they're, if they reach that, um, that income level or in general, maybe they have a Blue Cross, Blue Shield, United, uh, you know, I'm not pointing, you know, just a general insurance. Is, is the yeah. diagnosis and treatment that we're going to discuss in segment two covered under these uh, insurance platforms? Yeah, so, so look at the diagnosis piece of it, seeing your neurologist or even coming to see me as a neurosurgeon to discuss surgical therapies, of which ultrasound is just one of several therapies we can offer. Um, at least in the state of North Carolina where I'm located, we have not had any issues at all with Medicare, North Carolina Medicaid, or even the private insurances giving any kind of pushback on that. This is very much standard of care. And luckily, surgery has been a role for tri tremor treatment for decades. And so coming to see a neurosurgeon is not out of the question at all. No one has, has raised a red flag with that. Uh, in terms of ultrasound, uh, it is Medicare approved. So here in North Carolina, it is approved for, for, uh, for patients who have that. It is also Medicaid approved. Most, but not all, private insurances approve it. Um, that is something, this treatment's only been FDA approved since 2018, and so the private insurances are still taking time to get up on board. But many of the big carriers, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Humana, et cetera, we've had good experiences with that they have approved this. And it seems like each month or two, as we get more experience and more data, more insurances are getting on board. And I imagine in the coming years, almost all will be on board with this as kind of a standard of care, first-line therapy, uh, sorry, first-line surgical therapy for tremor. Yeah. Stephen, I want to take a very quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about treatment for essential tremor. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on DRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses, I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. 
and we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Welcome back. We're joined this morning by Dr. Stephen Harward of Duke Neurosurgery. Steve, thanks so much for staying with us. Really appreciate you hanging around for segment number two this morning. Yeah, absolutely. So diagnosis and treatment covered by insurance. So that should alleviate a lot of um, stress for anxiety that people may have if they notice they have this. Let's talk about treatment because in reviewing the Duke uh, website, I know there are a couple different treatments, but I want to focus on one which is focused ultrasound. First, describe the, what this is. Is it, it doesn't sound painful, but I guess my first question is, is it painful? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, so the way I describe this to patients is that it's an incisionless surgery. Uh, so what it is, it's a 1,024 ultrasound beams, which is sound waves that are at a higher frequency than our ears can detect. That's why it's called ultrasound. Um, there's 1,024 of these are directed at a single point in your brain, and it's an area that we have known for a long time to be really critical for causing tremors. So we, we target all 1,000 of these ultrasound beams to the single point. Um, one individual ultrasound beam is not strong enough to do anything to your brain, but when we get 1,000 of them together, it can heat about a couple millimeter area of tissue, can actually heat that tissue, and can create a small lesion. Uh, and that lesion is what's responsible for the therapeutic benefits of, uh, of ultrasound and what can actually lead to patients in a matter of seconds seeing their tremor get dramatically better, if, uh, get dramatically better, if you will. In terms of discomfort, the actual treatment itself, the time the ultrasound is turned on, causing a lesion is about 30 to 60 seconds. Um, so during that time, patients will sometimes report mild headaches. They'll feel a sensation of pressure, maybe a little bit of kind of burning, tingling along the scalp. Um, but the nice thing is once the treatment is done, that goes away. Um, we have, we're getting, we've done 23 patients here at Duke so far. Uh, and luckily, we've not had to stop a single treatment due to pain or discomfort to date. All 23 who have started it have completed it without any issues whatsoever, which is terrific. Um, but there is some discomfort, which is why I still call it, even though some folks will say it's minimally invasive or non-invasive, I still want to make sure that we know this is very much surgery. This is still a brain procedure. We are, we're intentionally creating an area of damage in your brain. And so with that, there does come some risk that's always important to consider. And luckily, it's some, some discomfort. Um, I would say it's not as big as obviously some of the surgeries that we, we do in neurosurgery. Um, but it's not as innocuous as getting an x-ray either. It's kind of in between that. Um, it's outpatient. Patients go home the same day. And uh, other than some Tylenol, they really don't need anything else for any kind of pain or discomfort after that. Uh, Steve, are, are you, in terms of how you prepare for this, do you, do you sit in a chair? Do you have to have some sort of anesthesia? Because I would imagine if you're targeting a specific portion of the brain, you yep. got to sit still for this. It's not like you can just move around. Yep. You know, I, when I sit down and go to the dentist, the dentist does not <laughs> want me to move. Yep. And yep. there's not much he or she can do to, do, to, to restrain me. But I would have to imagine you got to sit still for this type of procedure. Get to, absolutely. So this, we really are, I and mean, we're targeting things with submillimeter precision. And so when we make the target that we're going for is only a few millimeters in size, and the actual lesion we're making after we're all said and done is probably six, seven, maybe up to eight millimeters in maximal diameter. So we're not talking a very big lesion. Um, but what we know is that being a couple millimeters off one direction or the other makes a big 
difference in terms of side effects and efficacy. And so having everything still is really important. So how we accomplish that is a couple of things. First and foremost, uh, every patient unfortunately has to go through a complete head shave. Um, all the hair has to come off the scalp, unfortunately. Uh, and, and the reason for that is just any little bit of hair can really interfere with the ultrasound beams and, and really hurt their accuracy, but also their efficiency, if you will. So that's, that's number one. Um, but then number two, we actually put a frame on your head that we attach two pins in the front, two pins in the back. Uh, and that's probably really the, the main area of discomfort for patients because uh, we do give a lot of local numbing medicine in those areas. And those, those pins do go through the skin and then it, and kind of snug to the bone itself. Um, but like I said, we do this all the times. So we've gotten very good about how to do this in a manner that's comfortable for patients. They're sitting up in a chair where we put the frame on. Once the frame is done, we then walk the patient to the MRI scanner and then lay them down. So all this is actually done in an MRI. We attach the frame to the MRI so that way you're now stable. Your head is perfectly still. And then the nice thing is because we're doing this in the MRI, we actually use imaging to guide our therapy so we can get real-time feedback on how is the tissue heating up? Is the tissue, are we targeting the area we want to target? Um, but also too, making sure that we're not getting into areas that are going to cause side effects. Yeah, and, and how successful, you said, I think you've done about 23 cases yep. in your specific hospital um, or your clinic, I guess is the right wording. How successful, do you, do you immediately see the tremor stop? I, I mean, it's instantaneous, right? I mean, you've got the ultrasound, you're creating a, 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 a something on a lesion on the brain. How quickly do you see the impact? Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's immediate. So basically the patient is in the MRI scanner. Um, as a treating physician, I'm outside in the control room. I'm applying the ultrasound. It takes anywhere from 20 to 40 seconds, depending on how much ultrasound I have to give to do the treatment. Once I walk back into the room and pull the patient out of the MRI scanner, if we're on target, we will see tremor benefit right away. Uh, and so, in fact, patients ask, well, why can't we do this procedure completely asleep? Well, getting that real-time feedback of seeing the tremor getting better, that's actually a really key aspect for doing this safely and effectively. I'm actually using that information to guide me so that if we give a treatment and we're not getting the responses we're looking for, I go back in and I look at the MRI, I look at the, all the planning we did in advance, and I make small adjustments. Not We're talking one or two millimeter adjustments to see, can I get a better result? Uh, and so that's the nice thing. And patients, they get it's an immediate effect, um, and they go home with that effect. It's, it's one of those things, it's not going to get better over time, that what you leave with that day, so if your tremor is 90% better, that's your treatment. You're, you, you can expect that to last. The data suggests about five years. We haven't, we're looking to see if it lasts longer than that, but we know it lasts for at least five years. Um, and so that's, I mean, for patients, you can imagine that's, that's an exciting experience. It's, it's, it's emotional, it's exciting. Uh, and for many who've had tremor for 20, 30, 40 years or more, this is a brand new day for them. They can go do things. Uh, in fact, I had a patient I saw in clinic last Friday. I asked him, I said, well, he just had ultrasound, had a great result. I said, what's the first thing you did? He said, well, my wife wanted to go get lunch, and I asked, can we go to a buffet? So said, normally I'm not a buffet person. He said, but with having my right hand tremoring for 40 years, I was terrified to go to a buffet to serve myself food, but I wanted to do that. And that's what they did. They went to a local buffet. I think it was got Chinese food, and he said he got a huge plate, and he was just so ecstatic to be able to use his hand for the first time to do that. Yeah, that I mean, that's just a great, that's just a great story. Plus, the buffet is not a bad 
add to that. Last last question, Stephen. Uh, Duke is based in, I think, Raleigh-Durham area. How yep. does somebody who's watching this, maybe in another state or maybe in another country, because we have international viewers, yeah. how do they get access to this uh, this uh, procedure? If they do, they have to come to Raleigh-Durham. Can they? Do you have satellite facilities across yeah, the country, yeah. across the world? So, yeah, great question. So luckily, uh, we at Duke are not the only ones across the country utilizing this. Uh, in fact, I think there's in the United States, there's about 60 or 70 centers across the country that have started u- utilizing this. Um, we're the only we're the second center in North Carolina to start. So it's still very new. It's been only FDA approved since 2018. Uh, I, I, I'm not as familiar with the European certification, but I do know it is approved there and more and more centers are starting to use it. Um, so there's a couple of great resources. So the company that makes this device is called Insightech. Uh, if you actually go to their website, they've got some great patient resources. And more importantly, they actually list all the centers that are currently offering this therapy. So you can find one lo- closer to you. Um, and also, too, I, I'm very open with patients about my contact information, my phone number, my email address. Uh, I always encourage folks to reach out, whether I can help you here at Duke or point you in the right direction. Uh, happy to get those emails. Um, in fact, I got an email from a patient this morning about ultrasound for other indications and was happy to respond to that and kind of point me in the right direction. So, so Jeff, I'll make sure you have that uh, here at the end as well for you to pass out. So, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're giving, in a lot of ways, this tool is giving people their life back. Um, and, and regardless of age, it's just the ability to open jars and do the, do the little things that I think we, we take for granted. Uh, Steve, we're going to have to leave there. Congratulations on all the great work that you and the Duke folks are doing. And we look forward to having you back on the program again very soon. Fantastic. Sounds good. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having me. And that wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more, all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives? Check out our latest content visit our website. We're backing in tomorrow with another edition of BRNAM. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.